This episode of Little Bit Leave It is brought to you by the Friend Island Series 3 Scrapbook. It's cheaper than therapy. Previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hey everybody, welcome back to Little Bit Leave It. The podcast where we talk Love Island UK in the USA. My name is Ben and with me as always is Becca. What are you going to do if one of these days I'm not with you? I would just say this is Ben and nobody's with me today, I guess. You know, I, I do occasionally record things without you. Yeah, that's all right. I'm excited. We have a good show today. I am going to do a lot of talking today. And how does that make it different from other days? Have you heard the shows? Have you listened to them? Or do you just come down here and talk and never think about them again? That's pretty much just what happens. I come down here, I talk, and I never think about them again. All right. So we are still talking about the sixth season of Love Island UK. And we are up to the 15th episode. We have now had one of our first major departures. Shock dumping. I was gutted. Gutted like a fish. Shauna was buzzing. Shauna is chuffed. Well chuffed. Yes, well chuffed. The episode opens with a bad Ian Sterling pun, a Demi Moore pun, and it is all downhill from there. We return to appetizers already in progress. So Finn is talking to Demi. Yeah, this is a big one right off the bat. We don't usually get such juicy action so early in the show. He declares himself off the cards. Yep, he says he is with Paige. He will not be turned. And we also learn Shawnice was in a one-sided long-term relationship. Oh, I totally like didn't even register that. Yep, makes a lot of sense. I was noticing that this date was much warmer in this episode. Like, it started off really cold last episode. There was no chemistry. They were not interesting sitting together at all. You're talking about Wallace and Shawnee now? Yeah, and yeah. then this episode, it was, like, heating up. I didn't remember them having any Zazazoo, and here they are. Yeah. But then he asks her, how do you feel about me going out with other girls? She's known you 30 minutes, bro. How is she supposed to feel? Well, she says... It wouldn't be pleasant, you know, and that's all he needs to hear, really. I will give Wallace credit. I did not remember him being this good looking, but it's he's like cold. He looks like a statue. I, I didn't even realize he was a good looking guy. Doesn't look like a good looking guy to me, but he has a good face. OK, well, everyone is rooting for Shawnee's, which is which is nice. I think the audience is now also rooting for Shawnee's in general, those who have forgiven her in any case. And Demi tells Finn a little something something, huh? She spills the beans that she is into Nas. Oh, yeah. So exciting. Everyone is going to be very pumped about that, too. So the appetizers are done. Finn returns to the group, but somebody's avoiding him. Yeah, Pagey. Yeah, Paige is not talking to Finn after this date. It's funny, the episode actually starts with her saying, I'm absolutely not done playing games. Like, there she is in this tight dress. She And she even says, yeah, that I'm wearing this really tight dress to play games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, of course, she's avoiding him. That's part of the game. And he goes over to her and he says, listen, I just laid it all out with Demi. She was in a snit and she definitely did not expect him to just come and casually say, oh, BT dubs, babe. I told this gorgeous new girl that it's just you and me. So she didn't react very nicely because she didn't expect to be in a place where that reaction was actually really inappropriate. And so Nas even had to say to her, hey, did you hear him? He just said he was all for you. Before she can even really have a conversation with him, it's time for the main courses. Yeah, it is. And the main courses do not look very good. They do not look very delicious, huh? No. Paige does give a couple warnings about food poisoning. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was okay. Luke M. cooked it. Luke M. and Demi are having dinner together. Paige with her fellow Scotsman, Wallace. 
it's so funny because he didn't have that much of an accent before and Paige, you know, she sounds like she sounds, but when they got together, their accents both intensified, like the Scottish intensified when they were together. That's like how when you and your mom get together, that thick Staten Island accent comes out. You don't even know anything about a thick Staten Island accent. You're right. I don't. You don't even have a fucking clue. You're right. I don't. Who are you? I'm your husband. Who are you? I'm your husband. Sit down, you muff cabbage. I'm already sitting down across from you in the same room. So I have absolutely nothing on the Luke M and Demi date. I literally wrote, did anything happen? Yeah, no, it's not interesting to me either. The most interesting thing that actually happens during this segment is Sophie coaching Nas on how to flirt with Demi. Compliments. Not scary, though. Yes. Soon enough, it is time for dessert. Dun, dun, dun. I got a lot of things to say about dessert. Oh, yeah? What are you going to say about dessert? I want to talk about Wallace and Sophie. There's a lot going wrong on this date. Okay, what's going wrong? First of all, he used to drink tequila and ginger beer. I've never had it, and it sounds gross, but the look on Sophie's face when he says that confirms that that is gross and he is wrong. Yeah, it doesn't sound very good to me. But now he just drinks vodka, so good for him. Yep, and he also combines vodka with squash, which we'll get into a little bit later. Well, he doesn't call it squash, does he? No, he calls it diluting juice. What? Diluting juice. Diluting? Diluting juice. Poor Sophie. Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. She was a champ. Okay, so there's another thing about Wallace, too. He's a thrill seeker, but he hasn't been skydiving. Isn't that one of the requirements of calling yourself a thrill seeker is that you've gone skydiving and bungee jumping and shit? Well, what what are the thrills that he seeks? I don't know. Like, mine train coasters don't count, bro. You got to go on some real rides. Maybe he, maybe he does, like, he chases sheep or goats or something like that. Okay, so I was really curious about this. So I Googled around for a theme park or an amusement park in Scotland. Yeah. Because what else do I have to do with my day? And I found McDee's, Scotland's theme park. I looked through their rides. I checked the box for thrill rides. We got one of the swinging pirate ships. We got the disco, that like spinny thing. They have that at uh, Coney Island. The wave swinger, like the chairs that go around in the circle, a mouse coaster, and a Matterhorn. So maybe the bar in Scotland is just lower because those are all carnival rides. Well, was he? Why do you get the sense that he's talking about roller coasters? Maybe there there are all kinds of different thrills, right? I'm just saying the bar in Scotland might be lower. Maybe he goes underwater spelunking. Maybe he drives race cars. This is supposed to be a bit. Why are you poking holes in it? Yeah, maybe he... Like, I actually looked up theme parks to see what the thrill rides in Scotland were. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they sound shitty. Maybe life in Scotland is just really boring. And maybe a thrill seeker in Scotland is somebody who makes their grilled cheese sandwiches with mayonnaise instead of butter. I don't know. (laughs) They do love their mayonnaise there. They love their mayonnaise on Love Island. Okay, let's move on to the next date because this is one of the really big ones. So Nas and Demi, they really do hit it off. It's a very squeaky, giggly date. I can't believe he's the first one to give her a hug. Uh, They're really cute. She can't keep her composure around him. And her complete, I don't want to say like compliance because that's sort of weird. Her complete submission. Yeah, her complete engagement in the situation and how she's a little nervous and starstruck, it allows him to take a deep breath and be a little bit more charming and walk that line between flirty and creepy. Pulled it back. Nas did a good job. Nas held it together. And I think it's because he's not really into her also. I think he likes her. Sure. Right? Yeah, but I don't think he's like into her. Also, the part where she has the big marshmallow in her mouth, that was really funny. That is right. She's goofy as hell. I love it. But she finished uni. Yep, she finished uni. History and archaeology. She's a smat kid. And she even said that people don't usually think that about her. Why did I do a a New England accent like a smat kid? Wicked smat. Wicked smat kid. My boy Will. There's old England, not New England. (laughs) Come on. Get your head in the game, kid. Okay, so. We got a group chat. We got Demi holding her cards close to her chest. We got Wallace not doing the same. 
right? He he admits that he is into Shawnee's. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Luke T now because now it's been said in front of everybody. There's no secrets. Yep, and he can't s- pussyfoot around anymore. He can't do it, and so what does he do? He pulls Shawnee's for a chat. Yeah, he's looking for information, and she knows it. And she's giving nothing away. Yeah, she decides that she is now going to give him a little taste of his own medicine. Yeah, I think Luke and I were both surprised she didn't talk about Disney with Wallace. Although he is more reserved than Luke T and more mature. So I really wouldn't see bringing up Disney with him. But I don't think he's mature in a good way because Shanice is really silly and playful. And Wallace would never bring that out in her. And her and Luke T just bounce off each other so well. Yes. Wallace might be like a more grown up choice, but she doesn't need his brand. No, I think that she should not be wasting her time. But she says that she is going to get to know both of them. Yeah, she nailed the reaction. He confesses his feelings like she could have been like, ah, or a variety of bigger reactions. And she just sat there and she smiled and she just was very gracious and honest. And then she gave him a cheeky little smile, a smug little smile, because she knows. Ha ha ha. Just when I was beginning to like her. She decides that she would rather be petty than than commit to her own feelings, you know? Well, yeah. That's yeah. why they're on Love Island and not in stable relationships. Yep. Just when Shanice looked like she was really going to get over with me. Nope. Can't do it. I don't think this is that big of a deal. She doesn't quite trust it yet either. She said, is he only is he only coming for me now that I had a date with somebody else and I have potential? I don't know. I think Shanice is wise. To keep her options open and keep an eye out and see if it's genuine. I'm still not willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. No, generally. I'm, t- I'm team Shawnee's from here until she pisses me off again. No, I'm. Yeah, she hasn't quite won me over yet. Let's talk about another feelings chat, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Paige and Finn. Paige and Finn had a cute little moment. He takes her aside and tries to talk about feelings and she starts yapping and he tells her to be quiet. He does not let her derail the conversation with sarcasm or jokes or silliness. And he just sits her down and tells her, I want to be with you a hundred percent. My head's not going to be turned. I'm here for you. And he finally gets through to her sweet as, and then they have a cute kiss. He wants to kiss me puppy man for the win. Yeah. And then We've got Leanne telling Jess and Sophie that she's going to be dumping Mike. And then she actually pulls Mike to dump him. She did the mic drop. The mic drop. Thank you, Ian. Mike is surprised and he accuses her of her actions not matching her words. And also maybe of not being very communicative. What did you think of the breakup? What did you think of what Mike said about Leanne? Okay. There's a lot that happens there. Good for her for just doing it immediately. When Sophie told her, go talk to him, the look on her face made me think she wasn't so sure if she was going to actually do it. Meanwhile, Jess and Sophie are watching. They know it's not going to go well. They know that Mike's going to want to hang on or he's going to take it quote unquote wrong. I don't think she led Mike on. Uh, I don't know. I really see this from Mike's point of view. I think that she was telling Mike that she liked him when she really didn't. And I can see why Mike would feel misled. So here's the thing is I also can see that I'm not blind to that. And I do understand Mike's feelings, but I also think that so often women get told, how do you know if you like them unless you try? So I think that she really was giving it a shot. She was waiting to find feelings. Haven't you ever dated someone for probably longer than you should? Cause you wanted to find the feelings and the feelings never came. I've definitely dated people who I didn't really like all that much and I really shouldn't have. That's definitely been the case, but and maybe have led them on a bit because when you spend a lot of time with someone, you generally don't do that unless you actually like them. So I don't know. I think that uh, this happens all the time on Love Island. You know, it is the environment, like you're saying, like people do kind of try out things. They try out relationships. So I get it. But I do think that she could have been more communicative. And it's interesting for me to even be on Mike's team here, given 
my feelings about him earlier in this season, but you know, things change. Shawnice just said it best. She said, by now there are feelings that should be developing, but just aren't. And so here is where Leanne takes the nosedive. And for me, and I also love her because this is the best line. I've been getting to know you and I just don't like you. That's all. Yeah. That's such a great line. It's so mean. It's so mean. And so I do feel bad for Mike. I also, like I said, I don't think Leanne led him on, but it was ugly through and through. Of course, now would be the time to high five him when he goes in for a hug. Yep. You know, it's interesting. I'm not even sure if Mike really did like Leanne all that much, but he did seem to like her a bit. A bit. A bit. And he then he tells the guys he thinks it's over. I don't know if that was just an unfortunate turn of phrase or if he really thinks that there's still hope there. No, yeah, it, it's clearly very, very over. And we get some more dressing room shots because there are so many dressing room shots in season six. Leanne is in the doghouse. Yeah, there's a lot of weird bunking. Wallace is on the couch. Wallace is on the couch because Leanne's in the doghouse and we got girls bunked up together, cats and dogs sleeping together. What else? Lamb and tuna fish. Lamb, no, tuna pasta and sweet corn. That's what we got. We got <laughs> breakfast. Mmm. That's actually a great breakfast that I have all the time. It's We're now in the morning. It's the morning. Oh, yeah. The and morning. It is coming yeah, to a close. We're going to have morning. the best breakfast ever. Tuna pasta and sweet corn. Or maybe if you're Demi, it's chicken and rice, which actually would be a better breakfast. I think that's, I don't know. I would never eat tuna pasta and sweet corn ever, actually. I ate it when I was in Spain. Not my thing. Having grown up with cats entire life, really, and the cat food and the tuna, no, can't do it. That's uh, not for people. <laughs> you're not for people. No, that's right. I'm not for people. Let's talk about the best part of the morning. Uh, you mean uh, that first cigarette and a black cup of coffee? Teabagging. Teabagging? I don't think. That is what you mean. I think that's what Luke T and Shawnice mean. I think they were making tea with their, they were dunking their bags. They made the ultimate Love Island boo-boo. They were dunking their tea bags together and Rebecca is not happy. Oh, yeah. How dare they chit-chat in the kitchen in the morning and make tea side by side. How dare she talk about girl code? Well, here's another sad moment in girl code. Yeah, Leanne, man. Ugh, Leanne blows up the spot. I don't think she's meant to do it in a mean way. Oh, she meant to do it in a mean way. She's friends with Shawnice. I don't know. I don't know. I guess she's better friends with Rebecca. With Sophie. That's who she's down with, right? Leanne and Sophie are down. And Jess. Yeah. Yeah, see, I think that she was blowing up Shawnice's spot on purpose. It's not really about Shawnice. It's that Luke T yeah, oh yeah. declared his affections for Shawnice. Shawnice right. didn't really do anything wrong. After Leanne tells Rebecca that Luke T told Shawnice that he's no longer interested in Rebecca. Yeah, that's My a lot. gosh, that is a lot. So after all of that. Wait, what was it? <laughs> After Leanne tells Rebecca that Luke T told Shanice that he's no longer interested in Rebecca. Woo, I didn't think he could do it again. Good I job. I did it again. And Rebecca gets really upset. Leanne's like, yeah, that really is very muggy of Luke T. <laughs> yeah, she is just really after Luke T going to get Rebecca upset with Shanice all over again. She's just stirring the pot. Maybe she thinks that if she sets Rebecca and Shanice back upon each other, no one will talk about her and Mike. I don't know, but Shanice has got options. She does have options. She's I'm, got options. I'm happy for her. Because of her options. That and also her options. Next time, we've got a recoupling. That'll be interesting. Who picks who? Guys are picking girls. So, you know, Leanne, that may not have been... The best strategy. The best move at this time. But we'll see. What else are we looking for? I mean, I feel like most of the other couples are a lock. You think you're going to have Paige and Finn, Callum and Shauna. Luke T will pick Shawnees. Luke T will pick Shawnees. Oh, I can't wait for that. Luke M will pick Jess, I'm assuming. 
Yeah, he's, probably. Who will Wallace pick? Wallace will pick Shawnee if he has the chance. I think Shawnee is going to get picked no matter what. Yeah. But one of these girls will not be picked. And Leanne and Sophie are the two who stick out as the ones who are most likely to go home after this. And Rebecca. I think Rebecca's going to get picked. She has no strong ally. Right, but I think that she hasn't had a strong connection with any of the guys yet, and she's single, whereas Leanne is fresh off of the relationship with Mike, and Sophie was with Connor. So if I'm a guy and I've got the choice between those three, I'm doing Rebecca. I bet you're doing Rebecca. I'm doing Rebecca. The worst Rebecca. But I would take her every day of the week. Yo, we have a sick deep dive. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What? We're not ready to get into that yet, are we? No, but I was just trying to tease it so the people got excited. It's coming up. It's coming up. What we really want to get the people excited for is supporting our independent podcast on Patreon. Please go to patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit for as little as $2 per month. You get bonus content with every single episode. You get the episodes a couple of days early. You get special episodes that we work really super duper hard on. And you get to hang out with us on our private Discord server and talk about Love Island and other reality TV and really anything else that you feel like talking about. Well, within reason. Within reason. I mean, yeah, we're not going to... We If we don't want to talk about it, we're not going to talk about it. You could talk about it, but we may not join you if we're not interested. That's just a little bit of fair warning. Yeah, and behave yourselves. Go to patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit. This episode of Little Bit Leave It is sponsored by the Friend Island Series 3 Scrapbook. Relive all of your favorite moments from the critically exclaimed series with all critically exclaimed. What was that? That's what it says. Relive all your favorite moments from the critically exclaimed series with this all new collection of photos, stolen diary entries and unexplained locks of hair. You'll find photos of Emma C, Emma J and Emma H getting crazy at the Tupperware party. Hey, it's Adam D and Adam R playing Settlers of Catan with Emma S and Emma B on game night. And who can forget the popcorn buffet on romantic comedy night? With the Friend Island Series 3 scrapbook, you'll finally be able to feel nostalgic for experiences you've never had and miss people you've never met. But that's not all. The Friend Island Series 3 scrapbook is the only place you'll be able to get personal affects from all of this season's Islanders that were stolen by production assistants while the foolish and naive contestants were sleeping. We've got Sarah B's earrings that were given to her by her ex-fiance, Sarah T's jogging shorts, and of course, who can forget when Sarah M woke up and couldn't find her diary? We've got over 500 unique personal affects, and if you order fast enough, you'll have one to call your very own. How could this possibly get any better? For an extra $29.99, you get to be a part of the action. That's right, we will Photoshop you into three different photos with cast members of Friend Island, so you can pretend you were right there with them. The three photos come as Polaroid-style prints that you can display on your fridge to fool yourself and anyone who might see them into thinking you've got a rich social life. Is it unhealthy? Extremely. Will it make you feel better? Occasionally, if you don't think too hard about it and are practiced in the art of self-denial. So visit www.friendislandscrapbook.net to attempt to fill the hole in your life that your compulsive behaviors and addictions have failed to alleviate. The Friend Island Series 3 Scrapbook. It's cheaper than therapy. Oh, okay. So, I know what I want for my birthday. Yeah, ITV7 is good to us. What can I say? Okay, so today we are going to do a deep dive into what is probably the most famous love triangle in the modern era of the United Kingdom, I guess, right? Or modern in terms of when we've been alive, at least. Modern British history. Okay, so who are we talking about? We are going to talk about Prince Charles, Lady Diana Spencer, and Camilla Parker Bowles. 
when we first discussed this episode, we thought we were going to talk about famous love triangles. And I mentioned that to my mom. And she's always been a Princess Diana fan. Not like a creepy one, but just, you know, admiring the woman. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But she said, you should do Diana and Charles and Camilla. And I said, oh, okay, maybe. But Meghan and Harry are sitting down tonight with Oprah. And I figured the timing was perfect. So here we are. Let's talk about this very famous love triangle. There was a lot more to it than I remember as a kid. And I figured that people younger than us probably don't know about it. I did not even realize that it was a love triangle. I didn't realize that Charles was maybe with both women simultaneously. That's surprising to me. Buckle up, buckaroo. Let's do this. Prince Charles was born in 1948. He's been the heir apparent since 1952 and the longest serving heir apparent in British history. Imagine becoming heir apparent when you're four and now you're 72 and you're still not the king. Wow. Well, I can't even imagine being royalty or nobility or whatever. So I'm having a little bit of a hard time putting myself in his shoes. Well, I didn't ask you to do that. I just. Yes, you actually just did. Talk about a carrot in front of your nose for decades. It's just a long time to be like next in line. It is. Will's probably like, oh, shit, I'm going to be king a long time because, I mean, nobody lives forever. And I have a feeling after the queen passes, Charles won't be that far behind. Anyway, Prince Charles met one Camilla Shand in 1970 at a polo match at Windsor Castle. And they hit it off and they started hanging out and dating. Why didn't they just get married? Why even go through the whole Diana charade? Why not be with her? Well, I'll tell you. She had previously been romantically involved with Army officer Andrew Parker Bowles, who would go on to be her first husband. But at this time, Andrew was dating Princess Anne, Charles's sister. Royal biographer Sarah Bradford wrote in her book Diana, quote, Princess Anne was in love with Andrew. Camilla was in love with Andrew. Charles was in love with Camilla. Camilla was having some of it, but she was also potty about Andrew. All this intrigue was going on. She was potty about him? Yes. That's a weird one. She was also from a lower station, and she had a bit of a party girl rep. Okay, I like this Camilla. So everybody's chasing everybody or politely boinking each other. I don't really know. So this is, I mean, the British really have Love Island style culture in their blood, right? Well, if they have blue blood. Yeah. So Charles joined the Royal Navy in 1972. And while he was away, Camilla got engaged to Andrew Parker Bowles. They got married the next year, but they stayed really close with Charles. He's actually their first son's godfather. Now that Camilla is off the cards, Charles dates around several different women, including Sarah Spencer from an aristocratic family with ties to the government and the crown. Her grandmother was close with the queen. I also just want to say I liked you using off the cards there a moment ago. I I noticed that and I appreciate it. Callback. So about 1977 or 78, I've seen a few different dates. Sarah decides she's got the ick. The ick. I don't know. A bit like Leanne in this episode. I don't know if it was times 10, but. Just, this is so many connections. I, wow, I had no idea. Sarah gets the ick. So she decides that she is going to introduce him to her little sister. As one does. Lady Diana was 16 years old. And how old was Mr. Um, Charles again? (laughs) Mr. Prince Charles. Yes, Mr. Prince Charles was how old? 29. This is kind of like the Caroline Flack, Harry Styles situation. Except worse. No, this is a smaller age gap. It's the monarchy. You don't fuck with the monarchy. Well, you don't fuck with Simon Cowell either. Fair dues. Thank you. So Sarah introduces him to Diana, blah, 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 in July of 1980. Did you just, what did you just blah, blah, blah over? Did you just blah, blah, blah over courtship or anything or no can you not be rude Mm, i can try can you not be rude can you just trust that i actually wrote out like a very comprehensive explanation if if you would just shut your yap you would be entranced by all my goodies okay 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 in july of 1980 
Diana and Charles meet again and spark a romantic relationship. She's 18 and a half. They went on a few dates, like on the royal yacht. And then in September of 1980, they went to Balmoral. You say that very ominously. That is Queen Elizabeth II's summer home in in North Ass, Scotland. North Ass? Like, are you just saying it's really far north, or is that actually the name? No, it's really far north. It's North, it's north Ass, Scotland. No, but it's a real place called North Ass, Scotland? No! It's just in Scotland. It's fucking North Ass up. Okay. I, I never heard that before. It's new. I just made it up. It's on the moors. On the moors. It's on the moors. To meet the family. And Balmoral, going to Balmoral has always been kind of a test. That is the queen's summer home. And they, they are more like regular people in that house. But that also means if you go there as a guest of the royal family, you are on the precipice of being part of the inner circle. So you have to pass this test or you're nothing. You're gone. You're yesterday's cat barf. Yeah. So what is, what's the test? What do they have to do? Are there feats of strength? No, unfortunately not. You have to have the right clothes. You have to have an outfit for everything. Like what? Like a croquet outfit? And... Yes, a hunting outfit. Was it? Oh, Margaret Thatcher famously didn't bring Wellingtons and they had to lend her a pair. And she never was up to snuff with the royal family ever again because she didn't bring her own wellies. You know, I really do not like the royal family. I'm just throwing it out there. They suck. Okay. So you have to have the right clothes. You have to have good etiquette, obviously. There's all special rules you have to follow when you're in royalty's presence. And you have to roll with it. Basically, if they want to go stomping out on the moors in the rain and wind, you put a smile on your face and you go. Whatever is served, you eat, you smile, you say thank you, and you just go with the flow. I really do not want to hang out with the royal family. Just saying. But there's all these arbitrary rules, like there's one chair you can't sit in because the last person to sit in that chair was Queen Victoria. So nobody sits in that chair, but it's not like marked off or roped off. And so I guess... You're just supposed to know. You're just supposed to know. These people are psychotic. This is not normal. So Diana aces the test. She was very bubbly and outgoing and uncomplicated. And she didn't sit in the wrong chair. She didn't sit in Ghost Victoria's lap. He loved it there. She said it was super stressful and tense. So the courtship really rushes by. She said, these are her words, we met 13 times and we got married. That's insane. Yes. So in November 1980, the first official paparazzi photo of her came out. She's got her keys in her hand and she's going to her shared flat and all of a sudden she becomes a celebrity. Her whole life changes. I mean, she was marrying the prince or she was getting with the prince. So, yeah, well, that'll that'll do it. So in January 1981, the quiet hero of this story, Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth II's husband and Prince Charles's father, writes a letter to Charles basically telling him to shit or get off the pot with Diana. Okay, and so he decides to shit. So in February 1981, they announce their engagement. He's 32, she's 19. They do their first interview together. And when the interviewer asks if they're in love, Diana responds, of course. Charles says, whatever in love means. Wow, how romantic. Very romantic. Yeah, so this whole thing is a mess. July 29th, 1981, they had a huge wedding seen by over 750 million people worldwide. Ugly dress, 25-foot train, which was the longest train in royal history on her dress. She's 20. She said his name wrong, and they forgot to kiss after exchanging vows. And that's the wedding of the century. Some wedding. Some wedding. Yeah, these people are terrible. I've just, everything that I learn about the royals, the less I like them. We're not even born yet, babe. You got to stop interrupting with, I don't like the royals, because you're going to be saying that a lot. Can you just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show? Yeah, so I'm going to be born in like six weeks. So? Just saying, we're very close to my birth now. I'm just saying, we have a long way to go. Okay, yeah, so okay. sit I'm back, sorry. relax, oh, yeah, okay. and enjoy the show. I did a lot of work. All right. Stop challenging me. No, no, not challenging at all. So they go on a two-week honeymoon on the yacht, the royal yacht, where he wore cufflinks that were a gift from... Jesus? Um, gift from Camilla Parker Bowles. Of course. 
So their personality differences and their age differences started to bubble up. Obviously, the cufflinks thing was a huge red flag. He wanted to go fishing or read smart books. And she hung out with the crew and gave an impromptu piano performance. Wow. So they are not very similar, huh? Yeah. They could already tell that this was a bad idea. Then they went to Balmoral with the family, which was awful for her. It was always very tense. June 1982, Prince William was born. Wow. That's fast. His birth was scheduled around Charles's polo schedule. Okay. By this point, by the way, Camilla and Andrew had two children already. In September 1984, Harry is born. Charles had wanted a daughter so much, she didn't tell him it was a boy. When Harry was born, Charles allegedly burst out, Oh God, it's a boy. Charles followed up with, And he's even got red hair. This was the beginning of the end for Diana. This dude, man. Oh, he sucks. That's okay. Diana fell in love with her married bodyguard in 1985. She called him her greatest love. Oh. So, of course, he gets let go. And I found different sources. It was either three weeks to a few months after he was let go in 1987. He was killed in a motorcycle crash. Wow. And she suggested that he was killed off. Interesting. Yeah. So she started seeing somebody else who's not really relevant. So in 1986, Charles started seeing Camilla again. They had stayed friends the whole time, but they started seeing each other romantically. Her husband knew about it, and he didn't stop it. In response to a question about Camilla's involvement in the breakdown of her marriage, Diana said in a BBC interview, well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. Wow, so that's harsh. Yes, but she's having her own affairs. I don't think she's totally blameless. He's having his thing with Camilla again. Meanwhile, she's become this huge international superstar celebrity. When she went to Tokyo, nearly 100,000 people lined the streets to see her. And I don't know if you remember, but I remember she was always really fond of traveling and meeting the people. And she never wore gloves, which was against royal custom. I never realized how young she was. When we were kids. That's the thing that's shocking to me now. Yeah, she was a baby. Things looked okay. They looked like wife and prince and two sweet boys. But she was struggling with bulimia and just having a really rough road, you know, all over. And people were looking at her and calling her unstable instead of seeing her cry for help. Things were not good. So in 1989, at Camilla's sister's 40th birthday... Now, I've seen two different versions of this story, so I don't know what the true one is. Probably neither of them. Charles and Camilla disappeared, and Diana found them. They may or may not have been having a chat with another friend, but they were definitely having a chat. And Diana asked Camilla if they could go for a chat. Again, all these these Love Island parallels. It's nuts. So in one account, she said, I'm sorry I'm in the way. I'm obviously in the way. It must be hell for both of you. But I do know what's going on, and don't treat me like an idiot. The other version is that Diana didn't pull Camilla. They waited until Charles and the friend left the room, and she told Camilla, I just like you to know that I know exactly what is going on. So, two different accounts. Basically, same, the same though. Right. right. So, 1992, Diana goes on record with an interview about her life, which was hugely scandalous because she's not supposed to break. The thin purple line, I guess. The thin royal line. Yeah, yeah. And then she published Diana, her true story in her own words. Oh. Then November 1992, Camilla Gate. Tapes became public from a phone call between Charles and Camilla from back in 1989, illegally and mysteriously recorded. So this phone call, not only did it reveal the massive coordination It took for them to tryst because he made sure that William and Harry never saw her and he was very aware of how gossip traveled. So he was really trying to stay on the lowdown. You mean the down low? Whatever. The call was also hella dirty. Nice. And very schmoopy. And you can read it. Google it. Camilla Gate. You'll find it. You can read the whole thing. So famously, he said, I'll just live inside your trousers. It would be easier. That is interesting that is not even the close to the grossest thing that was said i don't know how gross that is just a little weird i mean it could get a little sweaty in there i guess he also said that it would be his luck to be reincarnated as a tampon i don't know to be inside her i don't think a tampon would be that good because you'd be you know you get thrown away 
after about 36 hours, wouldn't you rather be like a menstrual cup? Wait, wait, hold the fucking phone. There are so many things wrong with that sentence. A tampon does not get thrown away after 36 hours. Like 12 hours? Like at the most. Okay, see, I'm a dude, never use a tampon. I know that I know you can't use them for very long, but yeah, 12 hours, good to know. At the most. All right, well, we don't have a daughter, so you don't have anything to worry about. Thank God. And the other part was that Camilla actually said the same thing. That she wanted to be a tampon? <laughs> no, that it wouldn't be very nice because then he'd get taken out and thrown away. So she suggested he be reincarnated as a box of tampons. You can't make this up. Google it and read it. But a, a box of tampons. So if he was just the box, that wouldn't be very fun. I mean, I think menstrual cup is the way to go. They didn't have those back then. Really? I, is That's new technology? Newish, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So what, what would be back then? What would it have been? Tampon. No, but like, is there like a reusable? Why are you pushing this so hard? In December of 1992... Shortly thereafter, Diana and Charles separate after 11 years together. They both continued their royal duties apart. In 1994, Charles admits to having an affair in a documentary meant to be about his 25th year anniversary of being Prince of Wales. And I have to mention this since we love Wales. Charles was made to drop out of Cambridge when he was 20 to go study for two months in Wales before they would let him become the Prince of Wales. Wow. So, but he's not even really Welsh, is he? No, but they own Wales and he's the Prince of Wales. Yeah, they own Wales. I mean, just ridiculous, the royal family. Ridiculous. So the intention of this documentary was most likely to redeem his image a little bit after the sex tapes came out. But it didn't work, did it? It didn't. It doesn't work when you confess an affair. You don't look better. The night that documentary was released, Princess Diana attended a Vanity Fair party wearing what would be called the revenge dress. A really sexy, slinky, off-the-shoulder little black dress. And you could just tell she was feeling good as hell. Blame it on her juice. So in January 1995, Camilla files for divorce from Andrew Parker Bowles. And by August 96, Charles and Diana announced their divorce. Prince Philip, here he comes again, takes Diana's side. There were some letters released in 2003 between Prince Philip and Diana at this time. And he wrote to her, Charles was silly to risk everything with Camilla for a man in his position. We never dreamed he might feel like leaving you for her. Such a prospect never even entered our heads. I think it's pretty obvious, but. Yeah, I don't know. This Philip, dude, all these people, man. Yeah. In 1995, she gave a very famous interview to Martin Bashir. She admitted she never saw herself ruling the United Kingdom, but wanted to remain a queen in people's hearts. Blah. Aw. So she was dating around. She dated Brian Adams. Really? She did. And she also dated a surgeon, Hasnat Ahmad Khan. And then she was dating Dodi Fayed, who was the son of an Egyptian billionaire. After they were divorced, Charles tried to work Camilla into royal life. He threw her a lavish 50th birthday party in July of 1997 and didn't invite Diana. Why would he? It would be polite. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a little weird. If they were regular people, nobody would ever be like, so are you going to invite your ex-wife? No, I'm not going to invite my ex-wife to my new wife's 50th birthday party. I mean, come on. I mean, maybe if it was your ex-wife from like a long time ago or something like that. But no, this is... Just normal, regular people would not do that. It doesn't matter anyway. On August 31st, 1997, Princess Diana died in a car accident in Paris. The car was being chased through a tunnel by the paparazzi who were trying to get a picture of them going from the Ritz to Dodi Fayed's private estate. Fayed and the driver died on the scene. Diana died a few hours later in the hospital at age 36. Her bodyguard was the only survivor. I remember that day very clearly. We were hanging out with my parents' friends and we had something on TV and it cut away to announce that she was dead. And my mom was really upset. Like I said, my mom's always been a big fan. Do you remember that day? Did it stand out for you at all? No, I don't actually remember her dying. I mean, I, I vaguely remember that the time because I remember there were other women who were, you know, in their 30s. So this would have been like the younger teachers at my high school, right? They were upset. Yeah, she was 36. 
That's sad. So following her death, Prince Charles traveled to Paris to bring her body back to England. And he also reportedly halted plans to formally announce Camilla as his partner. The funeral was September 6th, 1997, seen by an estimated 2 billion viewers. This I did not watch. Her brother, Earl Spencer, said in his eulogy, For such was her extraordinary appeal that the tens of millions of people taking part in this service all over the world via television and radio who never actually met her feel that they too lost someone close to them in the early hours of Sunday morning. It is a more remarkable tribute to Diana, oh God, look at me, than I can ever hope to offer her today. Like, people really loved her. The people's princess. Yeah, sure. Meanwhile, Charles must be feeling a giant weight off his shoulders. But his story isn't over yet. In 1998, Camilla met William, not Harry, and the Queen snubbed them later that year in revenge by not attending Charles's 50th birthday party snap i yeah i still like i don't like the queen uh in 1999 they had their first public photos as an official couple and they went on vacation to greece with the boys the next year the queen agreed to attend a party where she knew camilla would be in attendance which signaled her acceptance of camilla's role in charles's life they moved in together in 2003 and they got married in 2005 in 2007 camilla was invited to but did not attend a royal memorial service for Princess Diana, saying that she would just be a distraction and she didn't want to take away from the day. Though that was pretty classy. That is very classy. And the last thing I'll say is that in 2016, Camilla joined the Queen's Privy Council, the innermost group of senior advisors to the crown. And William was also sworn in. These are to make sure that they are both there for Charles's swearing in upon the Queen's death. But she's like 9,700 by now, so I don't think she's ever going. So when, if Charles becomes king, does that mean Camilla would be the new queen of England? She is not allowed to be queen. That was part of the marriage settlement. She's not allowed to be queen. She is made the Duchess of Cornwall and would be the princess consort, not the queen, if Charles becomes king. And then she was also titled Dame Grand Cross of the Royal Victorian Order, and she rode with the queen during the Diamond Jubilee. So she won't be the queen. She'll be the princess consort. Kind of like the guy who is now the queen's husband is not the king. He is the prince regent or something. Yeah, that's Prince, prince Philip. Prince Con- Is he the prince consort? Something like that, yeah. I don't really know this stuff. But this was a deep dive for me, too. I learned something. This was not something I had any interest in previously. Yeah. Now I'm going to go watch The Crown because apparently season four is all about this shit. All right, well, you can go ahead and watch The Crown. Yeah, so that's my deep dive, kids. Hope you enjoyed it. Okay. I think it's time to get into Culture Shock. All right. What do you got for us today, Beck? I got a lot of stuff today. Okay, let's go for it. This is a really great Beckisode. So Ian makes a joke about watch us wreck the mic, psych, and references PJ and Duncan. Who are PJ and Duncan? They're now Ant and Deck. I, who are Ant and Deck? So Ant and Deck were child actors who met on some TV show. They became singers under their character names from said TV show. And then they became presenters and comedians and they're super famous now. So, so PJ and Duncan were their music boy names. Their music boy names. Yes. Okay. So the song being referenced is called Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Except it's R-H-U-M-B-L-E, rumble. What? What? Like, what's that? Like, like rhythm rumble or something? Like I said, the song says, watch us wreck the mic. Psych. It was released in July of 1994. And it is exactly what you would expect from two white British teenagers. I watched 33 seconds of the video and that was enough. Yeah, I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to look it up. And if you're listening, I suggest you do the same. The song is older than everyone in this season, except Biggs, who we'll meet later, Connor with a G, and two other randos. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's PJ and Duncan. I got more. Okay. Uh, they mentioned Jessup's. It's a camera store. They also sell telescopes and binoculars. And then one of Ian's other fantastic puns, when Nas and Demi were going on their date, he said, as the legendary cousin Brucey would say, it's nice to see you, to see you Nas. Brucey is Bruce Forsyth, Forsyth? 
I'll go Forsyth, yeah. There's no E at the end. Well, so still, Forsyth. Who was a longtime TV presenter. He had a lot of catchphrases. Nice to see you. To see you nice was his catchphrase. And in 2012, the Guinness Book of World Records recognized him as having the longest television career for a male entertainer. Okay, that's interesting. Well, I've got one too. I've got one more, but you can do yours if you want. No, please, go ahead. Okay, pudding. Pudding is the generic term for dessert in the UK. And that's weird, right? So I looked it up because apparently I was looking up a lot of things today. And according to the Great British Mag, the reason for using the word pudding instead of dessert is actually based on the British class system. Traditionally, pudding referred to homely and rustic desserts that were commonly eaten by the lower classes, such as spotted dick and rice pudding. Desserts were the indulgences of the upper classes and included international cuisine like chocolate mousse, souffle, and champagne jelly. Nowadays, not only have class lines become a little fuzzy, but so have dessert categories. Recipes that were originally eaten by the lower class have become new and fashionable. At the same time, the upper class desserts were more attainable to everyday people. And so the lines between the word dessert and the word pudding became blurry, and now they basically mean the same thing, unquote. Interesting. That's everything. I thought that was a lot of so stuff. So I got one, yes. So they're talking about squash. Dilutin juice. Yeah, dilutin juice. So this is Wallace and Sophie. And squash, if you don't know it, that is a concentrated sugar, water, and flavor beverage that one would dilute with water, which would be flat or carbonated. It's kind of crappy stuff like our Kool-Aid here. And for whatever reason, in the U.S., we have like powdered crappy drinks like Tang and Kool-Aid, the stuff that I grew up with, and Country Time Lemonade. Ooh, that was good, though. Yeah, no, all that stuff. It's tasty as hell. I love Ecto Cooler. Yeah, I love all that shit. But this, you take a liquid and you dilute it. They do have some of it that is up to, say, 45% juice, but as one would suspect, most of it is not very healthy for you at all. So squash is the general name for it, but as you can tell from the episode, in different regions, it does have slightly different names. In England, you might also hear it referred to as cordial. Obviously, in Scotland, they call it diluting juice. Do they really call it that, though, or is it just a Wallace thing? Nope, they really do call it that in Scotland. And in Ireland, they actually just call it dilute. Huh. Yeah. That sounds like a drug thing. Yeah, dilute does sound like a good... It's a shitty designer drug that probably makes your nose bleed, even though you didn't snort it. It's very possible. Wait, we have Mio. That's diluting juice. Yeah, Mio, but that's... I guess that's kind of dilute. No, that's not diluting juice, really. Why? Because diluting juice, you would typically do like four or five parts water to one part of the squash. Oh, so you it's more quantitative. You need a lot more. It's just not as concentrated as that stuff that you have, that okay. Leo stuff, oh, which think- you put in like three or four drops into an eight ounce glass or a 12 ounce glass, right? No, I put like two squirts into like a 32-ounce bottle. Yeah, still, though, it's a little, the ratio is a little different, I think. All right. So not as concentrated as that. But they do sell different concentrates. I read a lot about this. Obviously, it's also popular in places that were colonized after the Industrial Revolution, like India or Pakistan. Yes, so, but here we don't have it. It's all powdered crap here. So, yeah, that's my contribution to culture shock okay now it's time to talk about fashion tna report okay report what do you got we got mostly negatives all right let's talk about two things that were genuinely good okay really only one but also two i just want to say demi still looks banging yeah demi yeah and she's really nice so even though we gave her this shout out in the last episode for the same exact outfit you know what demi you get it again and i also really like leanne's white jumpsuit And then we got all the negatives, and I had Rebecca and Jess both in cheap red dresses. Together, we hated the guys matching date night shirts, Luke M, Mike, Callum, Luke T, and Nas, the worst offender, black and white and yellow and bad. Yeah, pretty much all these guys' shirts are terrible except Wallace tonight. He's the only guy wearing a regular shirt. 
Right, because Finn's black and red shirt is dumb too. Yeah, just dumb in a different way. And then I can't decide if I like it or not. Leanne has that Barbie pink lace kimono on by the pool, and I can't tell if I like it. It looks really itchy. I think I can't get past the itchy part. I think my Barbie like had that robe. Kimono robe Barbie. Lace robe Barbie. And that's what I've got. All right. I think it's time. It is time to rank those couples. So I think we should go top to bottom this week. I think that'll be the most fun way to do this. So at the top, your favorites. Paige and Finn. He wants to kiss me. Paige and Finn coming in at number one. And at number two, we've got Shawnee's. And Luke T. You just have to love them. They are so perfect for each other. Yeah, they're good together. I like Luke T. Still not sold on Shawnee's, but it is what it is, as Michael would say. Coming in at number three, Demi and Nas. It was a cute date. They seemed to have fun with each other. He really relaxed. Yes. We'll see. We'll see I agree. Happens. Number four, we've got Shawnice again, but this time she's paired up with Wallace. Yeah, I don't hate it. If it wasn't for Luke T, I think I'd really be cheering them on. If it wasn't for Luke T, they could have maybe, who knows, been somewhere. But there's no, it's Luke T or bust. Yeah, you just got to think, what could have happened if Luke T had never showed up at the villa and she ended up pairing up with Wallace? What kind of a world would we live in? She would live a lot farther from the Cardiff. Disney store, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Number five, Sophie by herself. Yeah, she had a good episode. She was helping Nas. She went on a date. She looked pretty. Yes. And coming in at number six, it's our old standbys, Shauna and Callum. Were they even in this episode other than Callum's ugly shirt? Barely. Barely. Number seven, even less notable, Jess and Luke M. Who? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Number eight, Mike, Mike. by himself. Just Mike. Yeah. We, don't, we don't feel bad for you. Yeah. It's hard to feel super bad for Mike. Number nine, we've got Rebecca. The worst Rebecca. All by herself. But even the worst Rebecca did not have the worst episode. That honor coming in all the way down at number 10. I don't even think we've gotten into double digits before. Number 10. This is low, right? It is Johnny. <laughs> no, it's not Johnny. Not Johnny. We're not. It's wrong season. <laughs> wrong season. It's always Johnny. It's Leanne. Yeah, she really messed up by telling Rebecca about Luke T. She also should not have dumped Mike so close to a recoupling where guys are going to be picking. That was a really dumb move, even if she doesn't like him and she's got the ick times a million. She should have dumped him last week, or you're right, she should have hung on for strategy's sake. But once you get the ick, there's no coming back from that. Yep, once you get the ick, you're going to be sick. So dump him quick. And don't suck his dick. (laughs) I did not see that coming. Don't Don't hit him with a brick. Okay, this is why Dr. Seuss is getting canceled, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think we're the reason. Ah, that's all I got. So, you know, do the things, peeps. Email us, littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on the tweets. Yep, you can follow me at LBLI Podcast. And I am at LBLI Peng, P E N G, like Peng Sort. I also started us an Instagram. I've posted like two things, but I'm that we're there. Yep, you can like us on Facebook. You can reliably find me on Twitter. I will tell you that. If you want to interact with us, you can find me on Twitter. The other shit, I don't know about. That's all Beck. I respond to messages. If you message me or at me, I will respond if I can find it. We'd like to remind you that Little Bit Leave It is an independent podcast, and you can support us by going to patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit and subscribing for as little as $2 per month. You get bonus content with every single episode. And for $5 a month, you join the Do-Bit Society and you get access to the Discord server and all the special episodes and the polls and all the other stuff. It's super cool. You should go check it out. 
wait a minute. How can we say that we're a listener-sponsored podcast when we've got all these crazy assholes all over our show? Who are these breakfast people? Are they not paying us? Are you doing this for free? No, they're giving us... Uh, what do they free... have on you? Well, no, nothing. You've seen all the free, those cartons of breakfast cereal. Have you seen the frozen lunches? Have you seen the top ramen? Have you seen all those boxes of food that we've got in the garage? I'd avoid the garage. It's like the pit of despair in there. Yeah, so all of the payments for that stuff has been coming in terms of non-perishable goods. So, and even today, you know, ITV7 doesn't actually pay us in money. They're paying us in pitch meetings. And so friendship bracelets. No, in pitch meetings. Every For every ad that we take, we get a hole punch on our ITV7 card and every seven ads, we get to do a pitch meeting with ITV7 for one of our reality TV show ideas. Twin Island. Twin Island might be the first one, right? We've got, I think, three of our holes punched so far. So four more holes punched. You had three holes punched? Which holes did they punch? Why would someone? Why would you want someone to punch your holes? That maybe sounds your, unpleasant. <laughs> maybe your holes are just in need of a little punching I'm, up. I'm not into... Uh, having my holes punched, I guess. It's just not my thing. No, it's not my thing. Let's get out of here before somebody sues us. Or All right. So from Staten Island to Love Island, go get your holes punched. No. From Staten Island to Love Island, I'll punch your holes. No, you won't. You just said you wouldn't. No, I just said I won't get my holes punched. I don't want to. I'll punch your holes, but I don't want mine to be punched. <laughs> <laughs>